Welcome to the Western North London podcast, where we sit down each and every week to answer your big Arsenal questions. I'm Caleb. And I'm Tim. Tim, I'm I'm tired of this run of form <laughs> because it <laughs> makes this podcast just so much less fun to, to do. It is a lot less fun when you, uh, you you don't win a couple games. It's uh, I mean, it's still fun. Don't get me wrong to make the podcast. It's just it's it's a harder prep time. I, I think actually the prep is the hardest part is when you're going through all the bad stuff and reliving it. That's the the hard part. Once I get in talking to you, it actually it actually is cathartic. It actually makes me feel better. So <laughs> let's get to the better part of it. <laughs> yeah, I. I wish there was more fun stuff to talk about. And it's not all doom and gloom, believe me. It could be way worse. I think the beginning of the season was way worse. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, it would be nice to be talking about wins. <laughs> so let's let's just get through this. Let's do it. Let's get, get through the catharsis and uh, maybe we'll feel better on the other side. <laughs> I know one thing that would make me feel better, and that's a, that's a drink. <laughs> Indeed. Um, so I'm, I'm going to jump out and say I'm drinking a, another of the New Belgium Voodoo Ranger series. Oh, nice! I'm I, I'm enjoying this series that you're doing. By the way, <laughs> yeah, I'm just series. bouncing between the Ninkasi and the Voodoo Ranger. <laughs> um, right now, I this is the experimental IPA in the of their. Voodoo Rangers, and I wish mm-hmm. I could tell you more about it, but they don't. It's, it's like? very mysterious. Uh, the can on this one, well, it has the skull face. Mm-hmm. It has the ranger hat. I'm. Tr- I wish I knew what the rest of them looked like so I could compare. I mean, I know that they all have the skull and the ranger hat, but yeah, I'm just trying yeah. to think. I've had it. This is a is black that- can. I don't know. Oh, no, I've not had it. It's pretty good. There's nothing mm-hmm. that, like um, too special about it. I would say it's it's a pretty solid IPA. It's not a uh, very strong IPA. It like, only comes in at six point six percent. But <laughs> I like how that's an only. <laughs> yeah, I, I like them stronger. Yeah, six is good. Six is like minimum for me, <laughs> but I, I like them seven plus. Oof. Like I said, I'm a cheap date. I like it. I like them like. Two two beers and I'm good. And there's nothing on the can that tells you what it's experimental about. Like I'm no. very curious about this. I know you would think. I'm trying to find like a description or something. Uh, no, it just says it's an Indian pale ale. <laughs> huh. I'm sure there was something on the box that I yeah, threw sure. away ages ago. <laughs> yeah. What do you have in your hand this evening? Well, I'm drinking. Uh, I was up in. Birch Bay this last week doing a little mini vac- it's hard to call it a vacation because it's only half an hour away and we me and my lovely lady went home probably two <laughs> two nights of the week to feed the cat and deal with things so <laughs> uh-huh. kind of but anyways we were up in Birch Bay and there's a brewery up there called Beach Cat and so I'm having their Beach Cat uh, blonde so it's a blonde ale it's good. It's like, I really wish these were modern times because I stopped by the brewery to pick it up and, you know, 
didn't sit down or stay or anything, but it looks like it would be a beautiful place to sit. They have a porch that looks right over Birch Bay and you can watch the water, the tides come in and all that stuff. So in normal times, I would definitely recommend checking out that place. Yeah, that sounds rad. I yeah. Those little little breweries tend to be the best because they, they tend to surprise you. You know, low expectations. Yeah, there's also a poutine food truck, which I did not get a chance to try. That but, sounds um, wonderful. I know. I, I It blew my mind. I was like, yes, that would be lovely. Poutine and beer, they're made for each other. Yeah, <laughs> it's a perfect combination. Okay, well, now that, that now we've gotten past the the fun stuff. No, <laughs> um, let's actually know. You know what? I, I can't, can't say we're done with the fun stuff. I don't know what your question is this week. I think it's fun. Um, so my question is, I was kind of looking back on the, the, the last time Arsenal played Benfica, I was trying to do a little research for the pod. Hey. And <laughs> the last time we played them competitively was in the uh, 91, 92 European cup, which is now the champions league. Uh, we ended up losing the tie, unfortunately, 3-1 on aggregate. Uh, no, it was 4-2 on aggregate, sorry. 3-1 on the last game. And uh, But it was interesting because that, that season we lost uh, against Villa in a bad game, which I felt was interesting seeing the coincidence and we're playing Benfica coming up and Leeds won the league that year, which also is a game we're going to be talking about coming up. So I thought that was fun. And the lineup was amazing. There's an awesome players. There's like in right Rocky row castle. There's some semen there. There, there were some great names, but uh, at the end of the season, Arsenal went on an unbeaten run, which made me feel hopeful for this year. Like if there's any other parallels, you know, like history repeats itself, right? <laughs> so right. I, I just wanted to know or ask you, how many uh, games do you think that unbeaten streak was at the end of the 91-92 season? This was, was that Ian Wright's first season? Is that right? It was his first season, correct. Okay. Not that that helps inform my guess here, but I'm just curious. <laughs> no, um, there were all sorts of great players. I could go on on a list. There was Nigel Winterburn was there, Lee Dixon, Tony Adden, Steve Bold, David O'Leary. There's a lot of yeah. a lot of fun names on that team. Um, I'm gonna guess fifteen. Ooh, you were so close. That was a great guess. Unfortunately, it was sixteen. Oh, that was not. Oh. not I I almost want to give you that. That was close. I'll give you half points for that. I'll take the silver star instead of the gold star. <laughs> That's impressive. Uh, the uh, the other, And then the bonus question, and speaking of the great lineup, and it's mainly because I want to talk about this Swede, is who's the uh, Swede that was on that team that year? First year on the team. 91? Uh, I don't... I don't know. That's a very that that team's very English, so it's like I can't. Yeah. The the non English players should probably jump out at me, but I don't. I can't think of who it would be. Four non English players on that team, uh, but <laughs> Anders uh, Limpar. Anders Limpar. Okay. He's a very very famous midfielder in Sweden. He played on the '94 World Cup team, which you know they got third place in the World Cup. So Swedes remember him very fondly. But uh, yeah, anytime I get to talk about an old Arsenal Swede, I'm going to. So that was my chance. 
I was just looking him up. <laughs> he played he played for the Rapids. Hmm. That's Nin- right. I almost forgot about that. 99 2000 season. Wow. Ancient MLS history. Yeah. When they had those horrible. I wonder if our Balboa is on that same team. Well, I could find out. Because I know Balboa played in the 95 season at least. Uh, oh, yeah. Chris Henderson played for that team. We're, we're going way down the MLS rabbit hole now. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we should stop. Oh, Mark, Marcus Hanneman? Oh, man. Yeah. You didn't know. I knew Hanneman played. Maybe. I forgot about that. Anyway, I deeply digress. (laughs) I think it's because we're, again, trying to avoid talking about the the game from this last week. Yes, really, that's what it comes down to. (laughs) Okay, well, let's, without further ado, let's, (laughs) let's talk about some things that we've been avoiding here. Um, So the second game in a series of unfortunate events here, I... Let's should we start start with the lineup? Hey, or let let's first talk about the um. I Matt Ryan started, and we knew that was coming with the Leno suspension. He, he pretty much had the only uh, real action in the game for Arsenal. <laughs> um, I, I wasn't. What was, your, what was your impression of him? I wasn't disappointed in him at all. Like that, that, the goal that went in wasn't his fault. No, no. Between the mistake and then the uh, the deflection, it's nothing a keeper really could do. And he had a couple great saves. So, yeah, I think the the goal itself. We're talking about the first minute of the game. I think actually the goal was in the second minute, but really the buildup was right out of the gates, and you know. I wouldn't say Arsenal looked out of sorts or anything. This was just a poor play. And it it does seem like there was some uh, lack of individual concentration, at least by the back line. Because I would say holding uh, Gabriel and, and Cedric were, both, were all somewhat involved in the, in the poor play that led to the goal. But um, yeah, I think... As far as who 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 could take the blame, I don't think Matt Ryan had really anything to do with it, and it's it's a pretty sad way to make your Arsenal debut. To yeah, be honest, I mean, the commentary was saying that his first touch as an Arsenal player, to, and to remember, he's an oh, an Arsenal fan. Like his first touch as an Arsenal player is to pick the ball up out of the back of the net. That's uh, a little harsh. Yeah, um, as an Arsenal fan, he probably should have seen it coming. <laughs> <laughs> but you know out i think if you're gonna go down in a game why not go down early because that gives you pretty much 90 minutes to to correct you for your mistake unless you're this this arsenal this day because i was gonna say it 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 was not um it was not a strong showing by anybody i i can't I can't think of um, a ton of highlights to really reference. There were some chances. I think Pepe had a, a, a good game going down the left-hand side, and then that kind of fell apart when when the subs started getting made in the second half, and he had to get shifted over to the right. Um, who'd have thought, really, that he would be the better left-hand player? I <laughs> I was not expecting that. Um 
but yeah, just uh, not not the not a day for Arsenal fans, and not a week for Arsenal fans. It's just it was rough. It was rough all around. I yeah. I don't even know where 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 to tackle this game because the what little there was to be excited about was quickly snuffed out. I think the the there were two things that stood out. One of them was the breakaway with Lacazette where he just didn't pick the right pass. Uh, he had Saka and uh, um, Pepe running next to him and was not able to pick either one of them out. And then I think the other one that we should talk about, and that is that um, the Saka maybe should have been a red card, but the yellow card that was given, um, who was that? Was it Nakamba? I forget which which Villa player I can't remember which one got it for that particular play, but throughout the first half, really, they were very focused on Saka and uh, probably could have drawn several cards for for Villa just on Saka fouls alone, but... What was your thought on that that play? I felt like that was um, maybe only controversial because of the buildup from the previous game. I think there's a lot of Arsenal fans that are just itching for some sort of redemption redemption call. I think for me, it's not a redemption call. It's just more a fact of you had all the commentators and now all these people talk about that uh, Louise foul and being like, oh, that's like by the letter of the law, that's a red card and a penalty. And that's just what it is. But you see it happen game in and game out. And I think if you didn't have, if I didn't have the filter of the Louise call, I would have never really been baying for blood on having a red card on that Sokka foul. But really when you, by the letter of the law, that foul was a red card. It was the last offender. He took him out. It was a foul. It was called a foul. And, I I just I I I think it's just so hypocritical sometimes that people like are so quick to defend by the letter of the law when the game is never called by the letter of the law, and so that is and I don't mean to go over that that game again. I'm I, I, we've we've covered it ad nauseum and I I need to move on. But it just I think the rest of the season, any time a foul like that happens where it's not called by the letter of the law, I'm not going to understand why Louise's was. I think the worst take I heard on that particular play was that because Sokka was the one to make contact with the defender, it's not a foul. <laughs> and that just, I, I about flipped the table in front of me after that one. I, I mean, just, I couldn't, I couldn't that. believe what I was hearing after the previous game. Like it just, it, it does. I, Nothing is sacred. Nothing matters. It just felt like it was, you know, let's just throw out whatever opinion. It doesn't, it, it doesn't even, it's not rooted in anything because everything is completely open to interpretation at this point. There is no hard rules. It, it's, it's all, it's, it's, it's a mess. It's a complete mess. That's the problem. How do you fix this complete mess? <laughs> That being said, I don't think really that it changed the results of the game. And to kind no. of get to, 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 to steer us back on track a little bit, it, that, that just like got my crawl a little bit. But to steer us back on track, I think we're seeing a, like the game had shades of that really bad streak we went on 
a little bit earlier, kind of uh, in the early winter period. And I think that's, I'm going to say it's kind of to be expected in this type of team that we have right now, which is we have the ability to be brilliant. We have the ability to be great. But what really separates a team from being mid-table to being championship material is consistency. And I think right now we're trying to find that consistency both on the individual level of our players and as a team. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think it should be shocking these last two. Uh, I, 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 I'm loath to count that Wolves game because I thought we were actually brilliant until we, we were screwed. But I, I think for this type of game, we, we should expect it. It was a goal. It was, I'm not going to say fluky. There were mistakes that happened, but it's not like we got blown out by this team or anything like that. And it's, it, it is what it is as far as a performance. Yeah. I just feel like going down as early as we did, at least plenty of time and opportunities. And it just never looked like they had, had what it would, would take to put together a, a solid game, at least not, not compared to the performance that they had in that first half of the wolves game. Um, I, you know, in the in, in the sub, I, I I think the other criticism I would have in this game was the subs were a little um, lackluster. You know, I, I the Abamyang for Lacazette makes perfect sense. Lacazette wasn't having the best game. He, like I said, kind of screwed up the the one one real chance he had um, with that breakaway. And then uh, Odegaard came in for uh, Cedric. And that pushed uh, Saka back to the left left back position, which is interesting. And and maybe you know you want to get as many play you know as many of your best players on the field as you can. So I felt like that was the the right decision to make. And I was curious with that move as well. I was hoping to see more interplay with um, Odegaard and Smith Rowe. I thought that they would have some joy together. And there was a couple moments. Um, I was ho- hopeful for a bit more. I'm sure but, uh, Arteta was thinking the same thing. <laughs> yeah. It just didn't come together. It didn't, didn't quite happen this game. Um, and the, the last sub and always the sub I dread, um, especially given <laughs> who was coming out, um, par- party had to leave like once again with a little bit of injury. And, uh, William was the, the next man up regardless of, um, whether he was the right sub for party. It seemed like he was, he was coming on. Um, and that was the one that really bugged me because that, you know, once they, once they made that move, it kind of forced everybody to make, have to switch things around to accommodate that, that, um, for William's positioning. And I think that was when, um, we really lost Pepe in the game and William, I think immediately came on and had a backwards pass that nearly, uh, he, he pretty much gave the ball away at the top of the box. And I just like, I was just shaking my head. I'm just like, I, I expect this every single time he comes onto the field. I don't expect him to do anything going the other direction. I uh, like the negativity that he brings on, onto this field is onto into the game is, so frustrating i'm i'm just so over it like there's gotta be better people like Sabios clearly would have been a better better choice i would have waited 
another five minutes for Ceballos to be ready to come on for party because that makes sense as far as your midfield. And then to to force everybody to switch around to accommodate William instead for no return, it's just really frustrating. And it just makes me wonder what Arteta is seeing in this guy. Like, he's not playing his way out of it. It's not getting better. He's not doesn't need more game time to to discover his form. Um, I just I, I I'm that's a head scratcher for me. I I don't know what where we go from here with with William, but apparently he's still going to get minutes despite other people possibly playing better. Yeah, I, I mean for whatever reason he's going to get the minutes. I think in Arteta's mind he's just a safe pair of hands if that makes sense that it's just like, it's, it's, it's not going to be flat. And again, I don't know, this is just me conjecturing, but like, it's just like, he's not going to absolutely destroy the game in a, you know, in a Mustafi or Louise type of way, you know? And, uh, but every time I see him come on, I just, I feel like the white flag is waving. I feel it's like, all right, we give up on this game. You know, like the the game is over when he comes on, and this the scoreline is going to be the scoreline, is how I feel. If if we he comes on when we're winning, it's all right, cool, we're winning. Arteta thinks this game is over. If we're losing, and he just, I don't know, just doesn't feel it. He just throws on William, and it just kills the game. It might as well be just like a a we give up, we'll take whatever result happens now. Move. Yeah, it's. I, I guess when you're chasing a game, he's really the last person I want to see. Like, there's got to yeah. be better options. I mean, there literally just has to be better options. Like, there has to be better options in our academy. Like, at least giving kids some game time would be better than what just, I mean, we, we were fairly not praising him, but I guess praising him from the, the, his last performance where he seemed to actually do something. But yeah, he he looked he looked. I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't give him too too much praise though. I mean, like that was just like, oh, he had an okay performance. Whereas most of the time, you can't even really say that. So I, I it's not even that high of a high. Is that it, it's it, it wasn't that he was amazing. It was just that he wasn't his normal blah self. Yeah, I I got I I got to think with Ceballos and and Martinelli on the bench, I would put either one of them in. I would I would aco- try to accommodate them much more than William. Take a chance. I mean, you're losing. Take a chance. Take a chance on 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 one of these guys. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm like, so frustrated with him. El Nani, like <laughs> there's just so many different things you could do. And I just, yeah, it is what it is. Uh, there's only so much complaining you can do before you have to just kind of give up and be like, all right, this is, I guess, the way it goes. Because I don't see it changing. I, I just, I feel like when, you know, there were there were points in the season where William was maybe the best option based on fitness and other things of the other, you know, the other players that were available. But now, you know, Martinelli needs more minutes to get back into form. It's mm-hmm. not a uh, a question of of if, but when he gets back into form, he is a better player than William. Like, there's no doubt about it at this point. Yeah. Um, 
So why not give him the time to come back into form? I just don't get that. And again, it, it, the the party situation, Ceballos is or El Nani would be a much better swap. I just mm-hmm. that that was just baffling as far as um, a. I don't know why Arteta plays William at all, and B. I don't know why you don't wait a few more minutes and get the right player in because that just seemed like a bad sub altogether. No, maybe just, uh, I mean, we don't know the injury situation. Maybe we just didn't have the couple minutes to, to get someone warmed up. But maybe not. I don't know. But it, yeah, it was at the 74th that, minute. There was still plenty of time in that game to get another goal or to get a goal back, you know? So I, I just felt like that was too too much of a, a conservative play. I, it's not even a conservative play, though. It's just a bad, it's a bad decision to bring him on. He just doesn't, he doesn't bring anything one way or the other. I'm over it. I'm done. I'm done yeah. with William. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, I'm almost more done than I am with uh, Ozil because there's just like, there's no upside. I just like, I, I feel so at least they didn't play him, you know, they understood. <laughs> <laughs> this is like, if we kept forcing Ozil to play and we're not getting the results. Yeah. I would really be pissed. And now we're doing that for with a guy that has yet to ever prove that he's done anything with this team. Like, uh, and- and I, I do actually get it that, you know, he he was a good player and you you talk to Chelsea fans and you talk to people who follow Chelsea and he he's, you know, been their player of the year many times and he's they they say nothing but great things about him. And he's obviously going through a rough patch and it happens to everybody, uh looking at you, Obama Yang. Uh but uh <laughs> like the thing is is at this point, I don't want to give him the minutes. Like, get him, get his form up by playing in other games in in second team games. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I, I think he's too old for the U twenty threes. I I don't know what where to get him the minutes. But first, chasing a game one 0 down against a very decent Villa team is not the time I'm trying to develop William. You know? Yeah, I mean it, it's it's. Get it, again, giving him more minutes is not helping the people around him. It's not helping him. Like he's just not. It's it's not going to get you the long term results that you're looking for. Like and it's it, it's not going to get better. It's it's the three years or we can just call this a lost cause. I think at the end of this season, he's got to look at himself in the mirror and say, hey, "Maybe I'm not up for this anymore. I maybe I should talk to the team about you know." terminating my contract because never gonna happen. <laughs> I know it's not going to happen, but really he's got, he can't want to be doing this for three years. Like it's, it's embarrassing. Yeah. I, like I really, there's, I just want to know, like, I would love to have a, just a sit down talk with him. Like what he thinks is going on. Cause they, like, he can't just not care that much. There has to be something mentally going on. If he doesn't care and he's just here to collect a paycheck, I've got to wonder what it is about Arsenal that's just attracting these players that are just there to get money. Like I, it's something in the way that Arsenal's presenting. It's like I, 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 they're just drawing the wrong type of person to this team. Well, it's I, I do think there you have to go back to some of the decisions that Senye made, some of these decisions that were. Uh, forget the term but it's a agent driven uh decisions where they're desperation signings isn't necessarily the right word but it's it's the fact that 
I think, unfortunately, without Champions League, Arsenal has trouble attracting certain types of players. So you have yeah. to either take high-risk, high-reward younger players, high-risk, high-reward players, like Pepe is a great example, high-risk, high-reward type of player. Or you have to take these Premier League cast-offs that you are hoping or you can squeeze the last bit of juice out of them. I think Louise is a great example. Uh, I think, uh, what's his name? Czech, Peter Czech as their keeper was another great example. They seem to all come from Chelsea. Uh, but uh, <laughs> just like literally squeezing this last bit of juice and hoping that with that we can get a better crop underneath them. The good news is I do feel we have a better crop underneath them that, you know, hopefully we won't be making that type of signing again to fill holes emergency. But I really think that's why we're, we have a William. Yeah. I think they've got a, it's one thing to, you know, build around a lot of, a lot of unfinished products and, and, and hope that they will develop. And then you, you pepper in the, you know, established players, but you can't, you can't be real, as reliant, I think, as we have been on William. And that's, that's really been the problem is the amount of, of game time that he's getting over players that could use more development. I like, I, I, like I said, I would just rather take a chance on a young player, a guy like Martinelli, uh, even, even a alone, like, like Ceballos, like I'm not, I don't have high hopes for Ceballos long-term. I think he's pretty much done at this point. We'll use him sparingly throughout the rest of the season. But at least he goes out there and hustles. At least he's not giving away horrible balls. Like to have William just give the ball away at the top of the box almost immediately after coming on, I just, his head is not in it. And it's not get it's not getting better. Like I just that's what I keep coming back to. It's not getting better, and I don't know how you think it's just going to keep um, what, what Arteta is seeing that continues to go back to that well. It just it's at least with with Louise, like um, he, he's he's playing some of the best best football he's been. You, you know, he's been uh, playing to the level that you would expect him to play, um, and competing yeah. with other guys. And, and you look at who, what we have available and you go, yeah, he, he, he's probably uh, deserving of the starting minutes. And I, I can't say at any point that William uh, is deserving of the, the time that he's gotten. Yeah, I mean, like I've always been a little bit of a Louise apologist because I think <laughs> it, it always goes back to my maximum of him. He's great until he isn't. Mm-hmm. And I, I appreciate a little bit about that. But with William, it's not that he's making... He's great, great, great. That makes a huge mistake. Or like, I, what does William bring to the team? Like when you're when you're looking from Arteta's viewpoint, when you're looking from the dugout, like why is he being brought on? And I just I struggle to find that. Yeah, and I think we've 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 talked about like his um, steadiness, but I don't buy that anymore because I just see mistakes or. Um, being too cautious. Like we need people who are going to take chances and hustle if they make mistakes. I'm not seeing that. So at this point, I, the, the sureness, the steadiness isn't there. It's not on display. So the, there's got to be, I, uh, 
another route we can take. Like, just take the risk because I think it's a risk to continue to play him. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I'm shaking my head. My head is like, I'm like a bobblehead over here. I just, I don't, I don't understand. I don't know what to do, but you know, I don't really, I don't really think it's like weighing the team down by any means. It's just a frustration when he gets a start or even significant mi- minutes from the bench when there's other people who could bring more to the game. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think on that note, we've pretty much covered <laughs> that, that that's it. Those are is the highlights anything? people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything else you want to bring up or do you want to kind of move on to the, the upcoming games? I, I am all about moving forward and putting these last couple games behind us. The last, yeah, I mean, even the Man United game, I think we were glad glad to have a tie, but I, I, I want to get back to winning games with multiple goals and really dominating. And I, I don't know what Arsenal has to do to get back to that at this point. I don't know if it's going to happen against Leeds. I mean, let's let's talk about Leeds for a minute because I I'm I'm a little nervous actually. I mean, like as I said, ever since I I, I totally binged the uh, documentary about Leeds, which have you watched yet? Yes, I've watched all of that. Which the I will say that second season was kind of a disappointment because I was really you know trying to escape escape uh, the the coronavirus pandemic, oh, yeah. and then it just it crept in, and I was like, God damn it. It's I know everywhere. It's, I can't yeah. get rid of it. But uh, uh, since I saw that documentary, I've just kind of ke- kept an eye on them, and I kind of know the players. And they are, you know, they are a, a decent team. And I've always thought that they were going to do well coming up. And I, I, I thought Bamford was just scored his hundredth Premier League goal. Jeez. I always, I, I thought he was going to do well. And I've I, I've I have a lot of time a day for Bielsa, their coach. He's a I've I've known of him for many a year, and uh, I just the nice thing is I think we can score goals against that team. I think a lot of people can score goals against that team. Mm-hmm. The question is, how is our defense going to do against the Leeds offense? And it's so is, Louise is going to be back from suspension, right? Was it only a, one game, or did they give him the full three? I think both him and Leno just had one one game suspensions. Yeah, and again, I probably should have done more research on that. But uh, with Leno and Louise and having our kind of top center back spine type of thing, I'm more hopeful that we can hold them a little bit. And because our our problem hasn't been our defense really, even through this bad patch. Yeah, and, it, it's look a little lack lackluster more on the offense. And just creativity in general again. So I, I think the nice thing is I, I think we'll we'll find some joy. And if some of our offensive players, if Pepe still is doing what Pepe's done the last couple games, I I do think he's going to find some joy against Leeds. I'm I'm hopeful that we get party back. Um, I'm very not hopeful. <laughs> very not hopeful. I'm <laughs> not as hopeful. Um, that uh, Tierney is going to be back. I'm I'm concerned about him long term at this at this point. Have um, you heard any real news from him? I, I've I haven't really seen any concrete anything. No, I'm waiting to see what the injury report looks like from this week. But it, you know, it's it, it's sounding like he's had leg discomfort 
and they can't really pinpoint what's causing it. And there was some some concern that it was just overall fatigue and just being over overused. And maybe all this rest will help him overcome that. But if it's um, you know, a, if it's a, a tear or something, I, I don't know. What you know, it seems like he's close. You see, you see him in the training videos. He's he's working out. He's doing stuff, but uh, he just hasn't been good enough to get back into the lineup. And you can you can tell this team needs him. I I think Cedric playing in that position has shown just how much we need him. I mean, Cedric has been a good backup, but not not a guy I want to have starting week week in and week out. Um, the shift of Sokka back into that position, I think is more appealing, but it takes him out of that right side, which I really think, you know, Pe- Pepe's looked better on the left, surprisingly, and putting Pepe back on the right, I don't think is the ideal position for him right at the moment. So, I'd like to see Sokka stay on the right if we can, but uh, if it's, we we definitely need something on that left hand side, uh, or that left back position, and I think Sokka's probably the better, the better of the two options between him and Cedric. I, I'm I'm kind of leaning towards Sokka, but overall, we really just need to get Tierney back because it's been a, a big hole, and and an apparent hole in the last couple games. So, so this I, might be I'm hopeful. This might be crazy talk. It might be the uh, the beard talking right now. <laughs> but what if we have Sokka as the back, and then you put Obama Yang on the right, and keep Pepe on the left? Just kind of switch, flip flop him. Uh, I'd try it. I mean, I, Obama Yang's been. Uh, I don't know if he just needs more fitness, more minutes to find his form again. Uh, he. When when Lacazette did not have a great game and and a, they brought Aubameyang in to replace him, I was like, okay, great, we get to see Aubameyang up top, and he's just kind of been anonymous in the last couple games that he's been able to get back in um, as a as a sub. So I'm I'm anxious to get Aubameyang back up and 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 ticking again because it's I felt like he was just getting back into form and then he had this. Uh, family leave situation come up and and now we're, we're kind of back to square one. So we need, we need more options. That's for sure. And I, I'd like to see Martinelli get more time. I, I, he's been absent completely and uh, he, I think he needs to get playing time to get back into form. And I, I think he combined well with Saka and, and Emil Smith Rowe. So when those three were working together, well, I was really hopeful that we'd see a lot more of him and he, he's kind of fallen off the radar a bit. But yeah, I think that right that right side, uh, we're gonna have to try some things to to get as much productivity as we can on the field because right now this team looks a little uh, like they've gone back to the um, we don't know what to do in the final third situation. I think Saka's been really the the highlight and um, Pepe right there as well. But yeah, it's something something's been missing that's for sure, and I I, I want to. I don't know if he has to throw everything at it. You know, I think um, rotation is still key to getting the best out of these players. Uh, clearly with 
Tierney not having somebody to rotate with that's causing causing some problems. Um, Party seems like he's going to need some rotation if he's going to stay healthy. Uh, I'd like to see Emil Smith Rowe um, rested or at least be swapping out with Odegaard a bit more. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think we, we got to do, do something to tweak this team and get the goal goal scoring back. But I, I don't know what you do against Leeds because I do think you need to be, you, you need to have good defensive structure and guys that are willing to run the whole game. Yeah. And, and, and you saw it with Tierney. I don't, I, I I know we'd been talking about the fact that we were very worried about him playing so many games and how that might affect his fitness. And I think maybe we are seeing that right now. And you want to do that with other players like, uh, you know, Smith Rowe, Sokka, all these players need to rest. There's a lot of games coming thick and fast. We have two games again this week. And, but it shows that there's a lot of squad building that we need to do because it feels like once we get past our first depth in a lot of positions, it feels like a very, very steep step back. It's not like a little bit or tweaking some positions. It feels like in some places we go very far back. Like party is a great example of once we step back from party, I think it's a very deep step back from that position. And you, you know, in the, positions all over the field we're, we're, we're seeing that yeah it's definitely con- a concern when we're talking about um starting this europa league uh series with benfica considering that they're going to have to travel it sounds like to to rome and to greece or maybe just rome and now i can't remember rome if it was the, both. it was rome the last time i heard i don't know and <laughs> skipping on if we want to start talking about benfica i I'm going to put my disclaimer again, which is I don't think that teams should be traveling internationally for soccer right now. I don't think it's the right time. I think we're seeing it. I'm obviously going to watch it and talk about it and analyze it, but I don't think it's the right thing. But that disclaimer away, the travel is going to be difficult for sure. Yeah. So I think, you know, between the travel and the congestion, you're going to have to rotate guys. And I think it's, it's, um, it's something that Arteta has not perfected. He's got because he's just has limitations on who can step up and fill these roles and and do the the things that he needs players to do to make his system work. Uh, I not to say guys are not stepping up when they need to, but there's like you said, there's definitely some quality lack, you know, some lack of quality in our depth, and I it's not a problem that's easily fixed. I think that's something that they would have to. Um, do some further recruiting on. Uh, but you have to, I think, to get the true depth that you need to compete in multiple tournaments um, strongly is, is you, you need to be in Europa League. You need to be in champ. Certainly it would be better if we were in Champions League. But uh, you just can't can't do it without, with the money that we have available. Uh, so we're kind of just patching things together. And I, I, I think that's... Um, that's a problem that Arteta has to overcome and something he's had to deal with as a coach of Arsenal. It's, it's, he has what he has to work with. Um, and it's, it's how do you, how do you get the best out of what you have and not, not too much, put too much of a burden on any, any one player. Um, and like you said, we may be seeing the effects of that with tyranny, 
but I don't think everything has to run through tyranny. I think there's plenty of other guys who can score. There's plenty of other players who can be creative. And um, I, I think we need to have those players step up and, and Aubameyang, especially being a captain needs to be a leader and step up when he gets onto that field. And um, I be, be an example to everybody else. I, I it's tough. I, I, it's, I know that form comes with consistency and minutes. And so I don't, I don't, I'm not really holding too much against Aubameyang right yet, but be great if he could, you know, show up for a, a Europa League match and uh, turn turn the game in our favor because we we need guys who can score at, the, at this moment. And and talking about the Europa League matches against Benfica, it's it's not going to be an easy match. This uh, this uh, tie, Benfica, they're they're fourth place in the Portuguese league, which is definitely not up to their standards. They're usually vying for top three, if not you know, winning the league. They're one of the top, the big three in Portugal. Uh, but their their team is definitely a step up from what we played in the group stage. You have uh, uh, several recognizable names. You have, you know, Vertonghen, who we all know and hate. And uh, mm-hmm. they have uh, Seferovic, uh, plays on the Swiss national team. They have uh, Otamendi, which I didn't know he'd made his way out to Portugal. Um, mm-hmm. There's a... PZ, who's uh, played uh, great for the Portuguese national team. There's a Weigel, who's a German national team player. Like there's a there's a couple players on there that are quality players. So it's not going to be a uh, a pushover game by any stretch of the imagination. I haven't watched them play this year, so I don't know much about them. But just really looking at that list of players, I'm I know it's not going to be as easy as <laughs> you know playing some of the other group stage games. Yeah, unfortunately, with the the decision to play at neutral venues, it's looking like Arsenal is going to have quite a bit of travel in a short amount of time. And I think that I saw something earlier, like eleven thousand miles, and or in, in was eleven days or something like that, <laughs> something ridiculous. Um, yeah. Oh, six, excuse me. 6,000 miles in 11 days, not 11,000, but 6,000 is enough. Um, <laughs> That's a decent amount. Yeah. So I don't know that it, it doesn't work in their favor. I, it, neutral venue, whatever, you know, I, it doesn't really matter right now. I, it's all, um, it's all a neutral venue as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> like without fans in the stadium. Um, but you know, the, the travel does play a role and, and it's really unfortunate, but I, I think rotation is going to be necessary because yeah, it's, it, we can't, we can't take lightly the premier league or Europa league right now. I think we have to try to do as good as we can in both. I don't want to say, um, Europa leagues our only chance, but it's looking like it's our best chance at it this is moment. definitely our best chance to get uh, into Champions League. Yeah, so I, I don't think we can take that tournament lightly at all. So these next couple games are going to be very important. So I, I, I'm curious how that's going to affect the leads, uh, the leads lineup, and especially when you've got a a Man City game sandwiched in between the two Europa League games. It's it's going to be a rough couple weeks. 
Yeah, we, we we always said this February period was going to be just battering for for Arsenal, and how we come out of this February is going to say a lot for how the season is going to go. Mm-hmm. That being said, the last time we did play uh, Benfica was in uh, the Emirates Cup in 2017, and we battered them five two. So, so there's hope. There's hope. Okay. Well, we will um, be talking more about that game, I think, next episode as well. So we can save some of that talk until after the Leeds game. Um, But for now, let's, let's put a pin in that, and we'll come back to that next week. Why don't we take a break, and when we come back, we've got a bunch of questions from you guys, and uh, we'll... Uh, We'll hit on a few more points before we wrap this thing up. So take a break and and come back with us. Welcome back from the break. We've got some questions for you, so let's get right into it. Uh, Tim, do you want to start, or do you want me to me to start? I'll go. I'll go read the first one. It's a okay. from our good good buddy Josh Lay. Uh, he asks, uh, with Pepe showing well on the left side and Saka having the right side locked down, does Martinelli have the skill set to play lone striker in the system? With Laka not being locked down and Oba not doesn't fit that style. Not sure who plays up top and how to get Martinelli time on the pitch. I think I would like to see more of Martinelli in that striker role um, because one thing he does really well in my mind is the, is pressing. Like he's, he seems to have endless energy when he's fully fit. Um, He's not going to be a hold up type player. I think he, uh, that's something he could probably develop a a bit he he can do that. I've seen him do that, but I, I don't know that he's at the level that Lacazette is at. Um, I think what Arteta really wants out of that that role is is an all rounder. Like he needs somebody who can do a little bit of everything. I don't think Martinelli is going to be that unless he gets more playing time. I just I just see he, he's really young. He's got. A, a definite raw skill set. And I think he's taken to the things that Arteta is trying to teach and the defense that he plays. I'm really su- surprised at, I think he's kind of selfless in that way. Um, and I, I just, I think he would play well with the people behind him. Um, but I think I would need to see more, of him getting on the end of balls over the top or, you know, just what, what can he do on an Island um, by himself up there? Is he going to, what type of player is he going to be when put in that role? So I, I think I need to see some more, but I, I, I just, I love everything I've seen from him. I just like his work rate and his, his aggressive style. So I, I think he, he has some skills that could translate well to that position, but I would need to see more about what, he could do with the, the, I think that really comes down to the, how, how he plays with the people behind him. And, uh, I think we have players like, um, party who can find that ball over the top. I, 
if he could take advantage of that, that I'd be, be all for it because it, it hasn't quite um, clicked with the Bama Yang lately. So I'm, I'm willing to try Martinelli wherever we can to get them, get a little bit more out of that uh, striker position. Yeah, I think striker's a, a, a great shout. Uh, he, As you mentioned, he's not exactly Lacazette's skill set, and I think that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think it, it can be a a different look when plan A is not working, he can be plan B, or vice versa. He can start out as plan A, and then if that's not working, you can throw in Lacazette to be plan B. And these types of things, I think, having options up top are good, and I, I do, I just want to see more. Of Martinelli, I know the grass is always greener, and we tend to hype players. the 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 longer they're away from the pitch, the more excited we get about them. Except for if you're uh, William, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think with Martinelli, you just you do need to throw a little spaghetti against the walls. Go see where where he can provide options and where he can develop and. Because he just he he does have those skill sets that we all enjoy, and we just I, I I think we all benefit from seeing him on the pitch as much as possible. Yeah, I, I, like I said, I I think he really combined well with Emil Smith Rowe and uh, Saka. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see what that triangle would look like with him up top. I think that would be I think. Saka would play well off of him. Smith Rowe would play well off of him and, and know where to look for him because uh, they all just work so hard. You know, I think they would have a lot of give and goes. There would be just that work rate between the three of them would be a step up. You know, they would elevate, elevate each other's game. So I, I'd be really curious to see how that would work. Um, but we'll see, we'll see. I I just need to figure out how what Arteta is not seeing right now that is keeping Martinelli off the field. Well, like as a as kind of a follow up question, is he, is he above Aubameyang on the depth chart right now? Like in your mind, I should say, not necessarily in Arteta's, but in your mind, is he above Aubameyang uh, on the depth depth chart? No, not necessarily. I think he just, like you said, he's kind of like, because we haven't seen a lot of him, um, he's got all this untapped potential in the fans' minds. Um, but as far as end product, you know, he's done as much as Aubameyang has, right? <laughs> so if, you, if you're not getting played, and, and um, it's really tough to make the case that you're better or worse than who's getting played in front of you. Uh, so I... I'd, I would like to see him get more time, see where he's at. Uh, you know, I think he's he's only going to be a potential player until he gets a, a run of, of games, and he's he didn't get loaned out, so Arteta's got to find a way to get him in in a consistent way. I do wonder if we see him start in the one of the next two games just as far as rotational-wise goes. I, you know, it, because of his work rate and, you know, I, I think that the energy that he brings is something that Aubameyang kind of sometimes has, sometimes doesn't, but Lacazette doesn't always really bring to the game. I could see him getting a run out against Benfica, um, just starting him and, and letting him run wild and see, see what happens. 
and then having a Lacazette to fall back on. Um, but again, I think it really depends on who plays behind him and who can feed him well. Cause I, I, I don't know if he's going to take on a whole team, or, you know, a whole def- defense by himself. I think he's, he would benefit from having good players around him. And, uh, we'll, we'll just see what, what that, that Europa league lineup looks like. I would, I would be surprised if he didn't get minutes in that, in those two games at some point, you know, I, I feel like that's, that's a good, good time to get him the minutes that he needs. And it's a, if he shows well, and he really made his name in Europa league, you know, he, he did a lot of his best work last season in Europa league. So I, I, I think that tournament fits him very well. Definitely. All right. Let me, uh, throw out another one to you, uh, from Josh. Uh, thoughts on Saliba's new comments about Arteta. He said, quote, he, Arteta, judged me on two and a half matches. I would have liked him to play me more, but he told me I wasn't ready. I was waiting for him to give me a chance, but football is like that. So what? what's your thought? I, Saliba's getting lots of, um, lots of time to talk to the press. Uh, he's kind of the, star boy at uh, Nice right now. Um, they love love their young French star, but he's, they had a lot of opportunities to talk about Arsenal and not all of it, not much of it has been great. So what, mean, do you, no, what do you think? I mean, none of it's been good. He's He's been popping off in the media quite a bit. And I come from a place of, I have a lot of sympathy for Saliba, I think it sucks when you get a price tag on you because in a lot of ways, the transfer market doesn't directly correlate to talent. There's a lot of other things going on. And, you know, he was a part of a, a partnership where his defensive partnership at Santantien uh, also went off for a big uh, move after that year because Santantian had a great run in Europe and they had a great defensive pairing. And he, I think part of his price tag is because of how much his defensive partner went for. And you come to Arsenal and you have a lot of expectations coming at you. And Arsenal did do him a little dirty right when he came, which is towards the end of the season, he had a chance to play in the uh, the French Cup for Saint-Antienne one last time. And technically, because of the, the, the COVID <laughs> issues, he was an Arsenal player by the date on the calendar. And Arsenal didn't let him play in that cup final, which I, at the time, I felt was a little bit, like, I got it, but, like, it's a little bit, it's not going to set you off on the right foot to begin with. And then, yeah, we talked about it quite a bit, which is he was not getting a look on any of first-team opportunity. And it was a little bit strange that he wasn't getting any time at all even uh, sub time or bench time. Like it was just, he was, you, you didn't see him. And then he didn't, he got, you know, two shots. The, the caveat to that is he did get a red card. Is it one of his shots, which, you know, it's when you're on a big stage and you have a lot of expectations, you have to make most of the opportunities you're given. 
when sometimes you're not given a lot of opportunities and getting a red card is never a a good way to prove your track record. But that being said, I, I'm a big pro- proponent of not judging people on one performance and one red card. You know, your worst mistake isn't your definition of who you are as a person and a player. I think the other side of or another side of it too, is that him popping off in the media is not great for him ever getting a chance to play for Arsenal again, to be honest. Like a lot of players don't work out when they first come to a club and that's what the whole loan system is about. And the fact that uh, he's kind of complaining about it very publicly is not, again, it's just, it shows a very strained relationship between the club and the player. Yeah, I'm I'm all for a confident player. I think you have to be a little bit cocky to be successful um, in this, you know, in the in that level of of sport. And I I think the cockiness though really should come with age. Like I I don't I don't necessarily admire players who come out of the gates at a young age and just decide they're the best thing and that, that coaches are wrong about them. Like I, you can, you can think that, let that motivate you. Let that be the thing that it pushes you to make the first team. But to, to talk about it publicly, like it's a God given right that once Arsenal bought you, you were going to be the starter. That's ridiculous. There are clearly guys that are above you in the pecking order and you have to fight your way in. If you if, if the coach is looking at the overall picture and doesn't think you fit in right away, you should be deferring to that coach. You should be like, okay, whatever the coach thinks, I'm going to go with. And if he doesn't think I'm good enough yet, I'm going to play harder and get better. If he doesn't think I'm going to get, I'm, I'm, I'm the best on the field, okay, I'll go out on loan and I'll, I'll put my head down and I'll do the work. Like I'm, I'm all for earning that cockiness. Because I mean, uh, realistically, he's not going to start above uh, Luis or Holding or Gabriel at this point. So, <laughs> if he wants right. to get minutes, the best way to do it is to go back and get some more minutes. Right. Like make the best of your situation. Come back and and fight hard. I think like we've seen guys go out on loan and come back and look like very different players, and the situation might change with you know our our needs i think right now even though rob holding got signed um on an, an extension i don't i don't think we're married to rob holding i think that it's 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 a position that could be improved upon and finding a good pairing with gabriel i think saliba is is a sure sure bet for that if he can keep his mouth shut if he can stay out of controversy if he can make his way back to this team and, and put his head down and do the work that needs to be done, then yeah, he'll, he'll get there. I don't think Arsenal are going to throw away $30 million, but if you shoot your mouth off and don't have uh, any playing time to back it up with, because like he has no body of work with Arsenal. So if they cut him loose, it's like nothing lost as long as they get are able to recoup their money. If a French team comes along and wants to give Arsenal $30 million, unless you know they might just deem he's not worth the trouble you know we've had guys that just do too much off the field and cause too much distraction 
And we've seen recently that that sort of situation is not something Arteta is willing to put up with and would rather just bench players than, than play them anyway, you know? Um, so I, I think he's, he's got to reassess his position and his leverage and really think about whether he wants to be an Arsenal player. If he does, I think he's got to, he's got to change his tune a little bit, but you know, some of the stuff he's saying is not necessarily inflammatory. Uh, it's, you know, to say, Oh, I, I wish I had gotten more time or I wish they wouldn't have judged me so quickly. Okay, sure. That's not necessarily the most angry, horrible thing you could say, but it's the, the, the repetition, the series of things that he said about Arsenal. I get that you're upset and it's okay to be upset. Like maybe the first game when you've changed sides, but to continue to beat that drum, I think it's, it's a bad showing and probably not good for his Arsenal future. And maybe he's decided that's not a, path he wants to take and he's pushing to get sold in, in the way that he knows how by just kind of stirring the pot until Arsenal have no choice. But it's just, it doesn't, it's not a good look. It's kind of like the Genduzi situation where, you know, you get, you build a reputation. If you, if you start showing that you can't uh, work well with coaches, you're kind of just going to bounce around and that's, it doesn't work um, for your career to, have that reputation follow you everywhere. Uh, uh, it doesn't work for you on the field or off. The, the, the thing is, is you, you only get so many shots, you, you know, to quote Hamilton, mm-hmm. you get one shot or whatever, but uh, <laughs> you know, there, there, there are only so many chances that are given and you have to be an exceptional talent to get a ton of shots. I, you, you look at Balotelli and Balotelli is actually one of my favorite players of all time. Like I, I love Balotelli, but you, when you have that type of attitude, you have that type of reputation, it does follow you around. And it does mean that, and Balotelli is like far more talented than Saliva ever will be. And he, I think Saliva needs to realize that, yeah, it's he's not saying like absolutely horrible things, but like to pop off, I believe this is the fourth quote he's been in the papers criticizing his move since he left Arsenal. You just got to, sometimes football is like that and you just have to put your head down and just move on from it. You know, like I'm sure there's a couple other loanies in Arsenal that would say the same thing, but they put down their head and, you know, they come back from their loan spell and try and prove themselves on the pitch, which is the only thing that matters. I think to say, I wish you would, like the quote says, I wish I was waiting for him to give me a chance. I think he, he's, he's a kid. I mean, I just don't think he sees the big picture he sees his role in, in all this. And I think he, he feels like he was wronged and that's fine. And maybe he'll get over it um, and, and come back next season and fight for his spot. Or maybe he'll continue to, you know, he'll come back and continue to have a bad attitude. I don't really know what, what his, um, you know, what, what sort of character he is in the team yet. So he hasn't, he has a chance to come in with a clean slate. And I think Arteta is willing to give guys chances if they're willing to work hard. So I'm, I don't think Arteta is trying to cut him out. Um, so he has an opportunity to come in and, and show that he's worthy of a, a first team spot. But if he's going to continue to uh, play angry and, and, and just be resentful of Arsenal. It's it's not going to work. He's he's got to come at it with a, um, 
the idea that there's an opportunity here to play at another level. Um, being good in the French league is not necessarily um, going to translate easily to the Premier League, and maybe Arteta knows that. You know, I think he's he has to have some humility and understand he doesn't he has not played at the uh, uh, a single minute in the Premier League yet. He does not know how good or bad he is at that level. Uh, so when you have had some minutes and have had some games, then then you can say, see, I told you so. But right now he has nothing he, he has nothing to show for for his time in the Premier League. So he's he's maybe got to take a step back and be a little more realistic. Yeah, and it's it, as you say, it, you know, Saint Etienne is a was a decent team when they were down there. They had a good run, but it wasn't like they dominated the French league or even really like they got to the French Cup. It, but it wasn't it wasn't like it was a, a, a Lyon or Olympic Marseille or, or Paris Saint Germain level, you know. And he has to realize that that it, that it is a step up, and these things take time, and you know. He he also has to realize that Arsenal's not going to waste that amount of money and just ex- go. Oh, he's a flop. We tried him for two games, and we're just going to write him off. Like he he has to have the patience to realize that there there would have been there is still more chances for him. You know. Yeah, and I I, I think I saw he had he played for a um you know the Arsenal U twenty threes and my my assessment was. He looked like a, a a man amongst boys, but that when you flip that, he could get into a Premier League game and it could really show that he's nineteen. You know, I think there are very there are very few players his age playing that position, um, and it, it would be. I, I just think it would be so embarrassing if he comes in and just gets blown up. You know, I I, I just got to believe that the coaches know a bit better I, and not to say they did everything right i think he should have gone out on loan sooner but i think i i don't doubt their their assessment is correct i feel like they probably have a pretty good sense of where he's at he may be very good for his age he may be very good for legal but i think arteta has you know he was playing in the premier league not too long ago he he knows very well what is required of a, a, a center back in the Premier League? So I'm, I'm willing to bet he he is not wrong on his assessment. Um, now whether Saliba is going to see that or not, may, maybe doesn't matter. But he's he, they've got to find a way to meet in the middle. I think to make this work. I'm going to be really disappointed if this falls apart. By the way, because of all the, all of the controversy and all the the time and effort we've the amount of we talked about this player and not even seen him suit up for the first team is ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, I, it, it wouldn't surprise me though, that with all the talking he's doing that, he's going to get a, a quiet transfer somewhere. If they can recoup the costs. Great. If they can make money even better, but if they end up losing the money on this, I'm going to be pissed because it's just been, that's just stupid. I mean, I imagine his salary is not that crazy though. So you have the, the 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 initial outlay of the transfer, but you also have the salary side of things too. So sometimes you just got to cut losses. Perhaps I I don't know necessarily where you go out and find uh, a young talent like that. I mean that that's not an easy 
easy get. Um, and we, de- like you were saying, we need quality depth. So um, I'd rather improve on Rob holding rather than rely on Rob holding. <laughs> that <may be> anyway. Anyway. <laughs> All right, we got um, another question here. Um, do you want to take this one, or you want would you, yeah, you want to answer this one or read this one? Let's uh, alternate because uh, that sounds fun. Uh, okay, so it's a uh, Tim Widom, and uh, he asks: uh, Mikel has gone from safe to wobbly again as coach in the space of the last few weeks. This is so difficult and disappointing for him. What do you think he needs to do to right the ship? I guess I struggle to understand what isn't working right now. And maybe it's as much or it's as little as saying we need tyranny back because when he was back, it was working, you know, it's just, um, and it's not to say we, we've been completely lost without him. We've had glimmers of, of good play without him. So, um, I, I think I don't think he has to do anything drastic. I think we need to just play better. And that's that may be oversimplifying things, but uh, I think in this last game, we saw a lot of guys underperform. Um, and red cards aside, that um, that first half of that Wolf game was was pretty, pretty solid. So I don't... I don't know if you have to go and rewrite the book on this. I think it's it's a matter of um, continuing to make little tweaks here and there, but I think just just continuing to do what you know works. And I think Arteta's on the right path. I don't think we're far off. And it's definitely better looking um, play compared to the form we were in in November and December. So I think the corner's been turned, and despite this, the results of the last couple of games i i do think arteta is is on the right path here yeah i think so it's a, it's always the patience i mentioned earlier that it's a consistency is the sign of a great team and i think that's the next hurdle that we have to go that we've we've moved from looking ab- <laughs> we moved from the emery era where everything just felt chaotic to a point where we had a defensive structure and then from the defensive base we started putting together games where we had great team performances and creativity at points. And now we just need to get to the the next hurdle, which is consistently putting those games out and until that, like um, I'm going to guarantee you that there's going to be more games like this, this season. It's, it, it just is what we're, where we're at right now. But the hope is that where there's going to be far fewer of these games than there have been. And where we're slowly moving towards consistency and that's how we write the ship. Uh, it's not a sexy answer. It's not a, a we're going to win the league answer where it's not a, we're going to make it into champions league answer. It is, but it is, I see the only way we can move forward with it. Yeah. I, I think we're nothing but level headed around here and try not to be too, uh, hyperbolic about any of this. It's, it is, uh, process. It is going to take uh, more than a season to fix this team, and there's going to be ups and downs. Uh, you want to try to win all the games, but realistically, we've been playing teams that are um, pretty much at our level right now. You know, as we're rebuilding, uh, you look at 
where I mean the the Wolves the Wolves game was kind of a, a fluke. I think they are probably a worse team than us this year, um, but because of the circumstances of that game, that was that kind of went off the rails. But uh, we did a couple games against Southampton. Uh, we've got we had Villa. We've got Leeds coming up. These are all the teams that are right around us in the table, and you know we're not we're not blowing them out of the water, but we're not we're not getting blown up either. I think that's right around the level we we are at realistically, and I think we can play better. I think we can play way worse, but overall, our form has left us in the middle of the table, and that's it. I don't think that's unfair. I think that's exactly where Arsenal, that's the level that Arsenal have played at this season. Um, if we want to move up, we have to start beating these teams decisively and showing that we're a better team. Until we can do that, we're just not. And that's okay. It's okay to have a down year as we rebuild. Um, it's going to suck. It's going to really suck when we don't have, or I shouldn't say if we don't have European football, but it's not out of the question yet. And uh, I think there is the possibility to move up the table still. There's the possibility of, of making a great run in the Europa League. I think there is quality in this team and that if if they can get on a good run of form, who knows? We could have a 16-game unbeaten run. You know, I think that's the consistency that you're, you're talking about is much needed, um, but it doesn't just happen overnight. And it's... I think Arteta's got us on the right path, but it's going to take it's going to take time and patience from everybody. Yeah, and you, and you did mention it with the quality of teams we're playing right now in February. What happened in January, the turnaround, as it were, it is no coincidence that those are the teams like West Brom and Newcastle, these teams that are struggling right now. And you know, we we always knew February was going to be hard. But if we can kind of finish February in a credible way, I think we have a path forward to get more points. You know, like this is going to be one of the toughest stretches of the season in this February. It's a, certainly a, a foundation to build on. Uh, and, you know, the I, I do feel like the Europa League, uh, those are must-win games. And if we can get a decent amount of points out of these other games, you know, I don't want to get blown out by anybody but if you know you can beat Leeds, tie man city maybe um maybe that's being hopeful but you know we got uh who's on the other side of we oh we got lester coming up as well you know these are these are not easy games but these are games that we can stay competitive in i think i hope yeah, I, th- I, I, I I do believe that. I, I think that man the way that we've played against the teams uh in the top 6, you know, a tie against Man United uh certainly means we can pull off a tie against Man City and I think the margins are so close that it, our on our best day we can compete with any team in the league. Yeah. But it's just it's just that consistency like you said. So we'll, we'll know. I, I think we've been beating this drum for uh, at least a month, if not more. We'll, we'll know a lot more about this team at the end of February. Yeah, for sure. All right. Is that it for our questions? Looks like it. It is. Yeah. All right. So uh, my maybe not favorite part of the week or <laughs> episode, <laughs> fantasy time is here. Woo. 
Uh, so as per, as since I think about four games in, Omkar is in the lead. Good job. Uh, he's looking like he's not locked in for championship, but pretty close to locked in. He had some pretty funny things about the, uh, South Southampton game and how it affected fantasy on his Twitter earlier in the week, which was interesting. Uh, anyways, back to the important part of the, uh, the league. No, that's not the important part, but it's what I, I, I look to, which is the uh, <laughs> Tim and Caleb race. Um, I got 55 points last week, which is so much better than my, I think, 18 points the week before. And you got 46. So like, I think we're both kind of getting back into our stride. We'll just pretend that last week didn't happen. <laughs> yes. Uh, the, 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 the one thing, I'm going to give you a little bit of free fantasy advice. Yeah, you might want to uh, do something about De Bruyne starting. He his ghost is going to get me points, right? That's how that works. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think he's been injured for like what the last four weeks. And not, yeah, not only is he starting, I did notice he's your captain as well. Yeah, I haven't done anything with it. I I, keep, I always look at the wrong day, and I'm like, oh well, too late to do anything about it this week. And then I I'm like, oh, I should check fantasy, and like, oh shit, I missed it again. You can do it so, right after this. I'm going to do it. I'm, I always say that, though. And just, I mean, just at least... I mean, I noticed your entire bench is, is injured as well. But <laughs> move out some of those but players. the bench. They're allowed to be injured. Yeah, but then you can't move De Bruyne into the bench and put someone else. I'm, I don't know why I'm giving you this advice, because at the end of the season, I do want to be the triumphant person in this fantasy league against you, the mini league. But uh Yeah. Well, you've convinced me to maybe make that change. You're welcome. If you win, <laughs> I like five points. I'm going to be so mad. <laughs> That's a, the Bruin is really that one hand tied behind my back. Yeah, like, maybe I you're can just beat like, you anyway. Yeah, you're so good at fantasy that you just are trying to give me a little bit of a handicap. <laughs> That's it. It's all a ploy. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for us this week. I'm going to thank a few people like Bobcat for making an awesome, awesome theme song for us. If you like what they've done, go check out their website. It's bobc.at. Check out their latest album, No Course to Follow. If you like what you heard from us, subscribe where you get your podcast from, whether that be Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, Google, wherever it might be subscribe write in a review tell other people about it we'd appreciate that so much we've been growing steadily but we could always get bigger and bigger and bigger and we want to be one of the biggest if not the biggest arsenal podcast out there someday it's lofty goal but we can't do it without you (laughs) yeah that's right arts blog we're coming for you um and the uh, other thing you can do is follow us on Twitter. We post all kinds of stuff during the game and occasionally in between games, but also we post our episodes. So if you don't follow, if you don't subscribe, you can follow us on Twitter and get alerted when we have new episodes there. Uh, we are at W of N London if you want to follow us. And if you want to just send us an email, you don't do Twitter or you don't subscribe to podcasts or anything like that but you know maybe you just want to check in with us and send us a question do so at westofnorthlondon at gmail.com 
We'd love to hear from you. Uh, comments, suggestions, questions, send it all over there. And if you have done all that, well, then we really appreciate you. <laughs> you are you get the super gold star if you've done all that. But we don't get very many emails, so I know none of you get gold stars yet. Send us yeah. an email. Yet you can be the first to get the gold star. Well, we got the voicemail. And I was alert. I you know I was alerted today that there's been some trouble with voicemails, so I'm going to try to figure out what's going on with that. Uh, there is a way in the show notes. There's a link to send us a voicemail um, via Anchor. And you can try to do that. I, I I will keep checking back on that and seeing if I can figure out what's going on with that. But we did get a lovely voicemail from uh, Joe Robinson, which didn't make our episode from back in January when he sent it because I didn't know it, it showed up. I didn't realize that they didn't alert you when you get new voicemails. So I'm going to check it more often now. Uh, and, you know, send us your voice we will actually add it to the episode so we'd love to hear from you that way as well and uh i think that's pretty much it for this week uh we've got big games coming so lots lots to look forward to let's hope we have a good result from leads on the rebound here and uh, we'll be talking about that next week so as always see you at the next gun show